Josh. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. To all those tuning in, this is Josh Johnson, and it's Johnson, not Johnston. It's Johnson, and it's S-E-N, Johnson, which Johnson. is a Danish spelling of the name, and it's such a normal name to hear, and yet that little, I always have to say with the E-N. Are you so. Danish? Yeah. I have date, yeah. So Do you particularly enjoy cheese danishes? Yeah, I guess. I Is, guess. I've never really made that connection Are before. they called danishes because they're from... I don't know. Dana? Don't know, What's it called? Dana? No. It, you're, if you're Dane, where you're, are you from? You're... you're if you're from, you're from Denmark. You're from Denmark. Yeah. We're going to cut all this out because so I'm, I'm going to sound really unintelligent if, if we put that on here. <laughs> I'm pretty much like almost 50-50 Norwegian Danish. And so... But you um, wouldn't say I'm from Norwegia. No, I would not say that. <laughs> you would say you're you, from you Norway. Mi- you might. I've said that before <laughs> by accident. Like, oh, you're from Norwegia. Like, no, no, I'm from Norway. And you're not from Dane. You're from Denmark. Okay. Oh man! Well, thanks for being with us, man. This is yeah. uh, this is fun. So, before we jump jump into it, I think it'd be good for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, I obviously know you. We meet regularly and, and connect, and I really enjoy our friendship. And uh, it'd be great for them to know who you are and what you do. So maybe tell us a little bit about um, kind of what got you to where you're at in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly what you're doing right now, um, especially with the Church of the Valley stuff. So, so I mean, right now I'm, I'm at First Christian Church. Been there for about six and a half years. And I also get to work with Church of the Valley, with this network of, of churches that have decided to be on mission together uh, to prioritize kingdom growth over uh, congregational growth, uh, to focus on, on what we have in common in the Lord um, and not spend as much time pointing out the, the, the things that, that are small but can become big that uh, separate us. Um, and my journey into that, I you know, uh, as I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how I got here. The Lord just has. has I, I like to be where people are working together. God's wired me to be where people are working together, to help f- people find common ground, to connect stories, uh, to show people how they are um, connected to each other. And I've I've always been interested um, in that and being a bridge and helping other folks understand each other. Um, and so getting to do that amongst the churches in Grants Pass, and I hope the Lord's using me, you know, in, in that way, uh, but to, to just try to knit some things together. You have, you have a wife? I do have a wife. Two children, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Gabriel and I have been married for 13 years. And, nice job. Well done. Uh, yeah, and then I got Josiah, who's 10, and I got Jubilee, and she is a seven-year-old uh, girl. So Josh, one of the reasons that, you know, I wanted to have you on here is because you work in the fields of unity uh, within the church, you know, so John 17, we know Jesus prays for the unity of the church, uh, that they would be one like he was one with the father. And uh, we know that's a big priority of Christ for his mm-hmm. church is unity. Uh, and, and with um, not only your heart and your calling, but also your your job is to sort of try to stitch together unity within ministries in this city. Now, I'll say this. One of the main reasons I uh, wanted to come to Grants Pass <clears throat> was because of the unity I saw within the body of Christ. It was really mm-hmm. impressive to me uh, the way I saw churches working together 
and uh, and I was excited to be part of that to jump in, and I've really been blessed to be part of that. Um, and you sort of spearhead that, and you're sort of the one who's going to sleep, waking up, thinking about how do we unite the church in Grants Pass, and that's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's plenty we could squabble about. There's plenty mm-hmm. we disagree about. Uh, one thing uh, everybody agrees about ministry is that nobody agrees about how to do ministry. What's been the uh, the the ups and the downs? of trying to create a culture of unity in Grants Pass so far? Like what's been really, really good and easy and helpful and what's been really, really, really hard in that? Because you're spending time with all kinds of different pastors from all kinds of different walks, um, whereas most of us as Christians, we just kind of stay in our tribe, hide out. Uh, What have you experienced that's been good and hard? Well, I do get pretty excited about um, when Jesus talks about the oneness that he intends for us. And I do get pretty passionate about, um, we, we are all a, you know, a stiff-necked and forgetful people. I don't think that's changed. I think that's part of who we are as human beings. I think that's why meeting regularly with each other um, is so important because for one reason or another, maybe it's just collateral of the fall, or maybe God's just built us to do life together and, and um to remind each other of of the things that are important, um, and and so I I yeah I'm I'm blessed to be part of that reminder to folks that like that Jesus broke walls down, and we should be very careful to not build them back up, and uh, that that's that's not just Josh wanting everybody to get along, that's not just some new agey kumbaya thing, that's Jesus. Uh, sits at a table, and he has set the spaces, and it's not for us to tell anybody they can't, you know, who who can and can't come to the table, um, and that it blesses our Lord when he sees us interacting with each other and and at least knowing each other's names, um, and I and uh, so that that gets me excited. Uh, what's made the work easy is that. There have been a lot of laborers in this field over the last couple of decades here in Grants Pass. Um, and I'm sure there was some, I've, I've tried to spend some time getting to know the history uh, of, of what has been happening, of God's story in Grants Pass. Um, and uh, so I don't know what happened before this, but I know there's a prayer summit movement that happened in the 90s. And kind of out of that, past, so pastors were going away to pray together and it struck them as a good idea to not just do that once a year, to, to be in more regular fellowship with each other. And so there was, <clears throat> pardon me, and, and so there was lots of laborers in this field of pastors who are stepping outside of their comfort zones to trust when, um, from a worldly perspective, they had no reason to do that, to trust each other. And then the fruit that has been that is that is born out of that uh, that work that tilling of the field, um, I get to be one of the beneficiaries. You get to be one of the beneficiaries of that, and so uh, it's been a real blessing to join in with this chapter of God's story in Grants Pass. Things that are hard, you know, is is uh, there there are some Christians that I that I really like I, I I know them. They are my brothers, they are my sisters. I can look in their eyes. I know that we are in the same spiritual family. We have both been adopted into God's family. And yet I have other brothers and sisters that don't think that they're part of the family. 
you know, and yet I kind of want to say like, no, you, you, you are, you are both, you are all part of this family and you have some pretty important disagreements and we don't want to belittle those or gloss over them because our disagreements, our differences are important and they're, they're, they're good points of conversation. And so that's where some of my pain comes in at times is, um, where I realize this is not work I can do. I mean, the best that I can do is to model to the best of my abilities and hoping that the Lord's leading me true here to model, um, I guess, to, to live as if that unity, that oneness of the body is true. Um, even when the hand and the foot don't want to acknowledge each other. Um, and so uh, that's, that's, that's hard for me. Um, and sometimes that can be a thing that, that uh, makes, uh, you know, can make me want to throw in the towel for a little bit, you know, like, okay, well, fine. And then I remember it's not my work. I am here at God's pleasure doing his work that he brings to me to do, that he's prepared for me in advance to do. And I can't change anybody's heart. I can't move the dial on these things. You know, and so I, you know, the Lord has to keep on reminding me, hitting me over the head that, that's, you know, that's, that I don't have to make everybody get along. That's not my yeah. job. It's uh, so some of the good and, and the bad and, or not bad, it's just difficult. And yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I think a lot of ministries um, define themselves by who they aren't. Yeah. In terms of, hey, we're not that church. Yeah. Uh, we're not the church that rolls in the aisles, or hey, we're not the church that has stuffy old whatever, mm-hmm. or hey, we're not the church that has organ music. Mm-hmm. And, and by trying to create an identity for the identity for themselves, they're pitting themselves naturally against uh, maybe a different flavor. Yeah, and uh, those and those distinctions again, those distinctions are important, and and it is a good work to sit, to understand how we are different and why we roll in the aisles or don't, and we raise hands or we don't, or we believe that communion is a bit more of a mysterious, special thing uh, or not, you know, uh, it's good to understand those things. And, um, but you're right, like not to let them become uh, front and center. Right. Um, and this is an interesting thing that I've learned is, or that God has, <laughs> God's taught me, so I've learned this, is that sometimes that pain or the frustration, and I think this is true for probably all of ministry, I think sometimes there's pain and frustration and it's like the Lord is sitting next to you, and he's like, yeah, n- now you get it. You know, you've, you've walked with me long enough. I wanted to share with you some of the pain that I have. You know, it's like the Lord's letting you into his heart in a, in a, in a greater fullness of the Lord also experiences some, some sadness about the way that may, we might behave, and he's letting you into that pain um, and that can be a blessing, an odd blessing sometimes to feel, to feel some of the father's um, sadness. And in that, there's that there's that spark of hope of what might come next, mm-hmm. of what's coming down the line. Uh, so sometimes the sadness and the frustration, I think, is actually the Lord saying, "I want to let you into a greater fullness of of the father's heart." Turning, uh, kind of shifting gears here a little bit, um, man, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who's watching the world right now um, that Christianity feels like it's fracturing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had a few people, different, a few different people tell me that they think the single issue right now of race 
and conservative and liberal uh, ism is going to be the thing that, that will really fracture the church moving forward. And I don't think it's far fetched to to say that, you know. And obviously, I'm using the word the church loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we are all part of, part of one body, regardless. But I am watching Christians line up on either side right now, and I'm not seeing a lot of desire to listen. I'm seeing churches quickly run to the left or quickly run to the right. Uh, I saw that happen a lot with COVID. Um, d- depending on what your stance was on that, you know, this is a government overreach. We need to stand against the government. No, this is an opportunity to submit to government. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing this with our president mm-hmm. and who supports him and who doesn't. We're seeing this now with the Black Lives Matter thing and uh, Christians, you know, wanting to support that. Christians saying, no, we shouldn't be support that. Um, I don't think any Christians right now are saying we should support the killing of black people or anything like that or racism. But but in terms of how we address it, it's become very tense, mm-hmm. you know. And so for you being the guy who's sort of trying to move the Church of the Valley forward in unity, trying to understand how we can all continue to work together when there are increasingly more and more things we can disagree on mm-hmm. outside of just the old things we've been arguing. Mm-hmm. When I mean, we've argued about Arminianism, Calvinism, you know, Baptism for babies, baptism for adults, uh, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit. We can we've argued about those things for thousands of years. Now we have all these new things to to argue about. Now we have all these things that really didn't even come up before, like transgender mm-hmm. and like um, you know how, how to how, whether or not we should call someone him, her, his. You know, I mean, there's so many things to disagree on. Mm-hmm. What is the way forward for Christians, and how do you see how do you see that we can navigate? the complexity of this, I feel exhausted yep. from having to have positions on yep. things. I feel like I watch the news and I'm like, oh man, there's 10 more things that I need to have a position on as a pastor and I need to be able to lead our church in um, and I need to be able to do that without fracturing the unity of the body unnecessarily. You got answers for all that? <laughs> I have thoughts. Yeah. I have thoughts. Um First of all, schisms happen, and we know that, you know. Um, so we've we've we have a couple schisms in our in our story in the Christian story. And what's interesting is when you study church history, uh, depending on who you ask, their timeline of church history looks different because there's usually a straight line, and then branching off that straight line is lots of groups that are branching off, which. They're not saying this really, but 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 from the timeline, they're saying there are some groups that have gone off the straight line, right? right? And were the straight and line? And it depends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it depends on who you talk yeah. to, who that straight line is, right. you know, which is very so. Schisms happen, and I've thought about this um, as far as um, like on the human sexuality issue, uh, and and I have spoken to people that I would say are in the liberal camp, and I have had that same sense of kindredness with them of, you know what? I think this person actually knows who Jesus is. I think this person is actually a brother or a sister. And yet on this issue of, of you know, does God give us permission to marry folks of the same sex or not? Um, what is God kind of, you know, how does the Bible treat that issue and kind of give us instructions? Or do we even look to the Bible for instructions on this issue? You know, do we let science, how much do we let science inform things? Like this is an issue where I've, I've, I've 
it, it might just be one of those things where another another branch of the timeline breaks off. And it might just be that we have brothers and sisters that are going to travel. Um, and this is just from my perspective. I'm not saying, you know, this is the best way I can I can understand it. Travel on a parallel time parallel path to the eschaton, you know. Um, you want to define that word for our listeners? The, the really end, quick. the end the of end. all things, you know, <laughs> and that and that we will be, and that I will see them at the end of all things, mm-hmm. and it's just that we have some irreconcilable differences. Do either because it's not. I don't think it's so black and white here. Either to our own hardness of hearts and our own inability to, um, I don't know, to let the Lord keep us together. I don't know. Or, maybe it's not just or, and the Lord also might have his purposes in it. There might be purposes in the Lord's planning for history that include this This these schisms. And so there, so so it's very it's very well that we might just say, you know what? I just can't stay in the same room with you. The Lord has some good work for me to do and good work for you to do, even though I don't think that about you because you're fill in the blank. But I need to leave this room and I need to and and hopefully trust that that if the Lord wants to reconcile this, that the Holy Spirit's gonna help that happen in a supernatural way, mm-hmm. but that I on my own power cannot make this happen. Yeah. So schisms happen. I think as far as um, the Black Lives Matter, the the, the social injustice, I, I feel like Christians of all people, just in general, before we even get political, Christians of all people should understand human depravity, that it's been baked into our DNA, uh, that that is residual, that's collateral damage of the fall. Um, this is why... The Lord launched his rescue plan in the person of Jesus Christ. He said that your righteousness is never going to amount to enough, and so I'm going to do it for you, you know? So we understand human depravity, and so it shouldn't surprise us that there are depraved things afoot in the human heart, in the systems that human hearts and minds create. And so when we see things coming out. I mean, does it surprise me that there that there is abuse of power? It doesn't surprise me. I wish it did, but it doesn't surprise me. And I think Christians understand where that comes from. Does it surprise me that there are people that are experiencing the weight of institutionalized prejudice? Um, it doesn't surprise me. Does it, does it surprise me that... Ju- the idea that we are no longer a racist culture, well, I don't think a Christian can like buy into that because as human beings, our flesh is built to to be prejudiced and to and to say you're a Gentile and I'm a Jew, and so you have to be like me in order to belong to what I belong to. So this is this is not new for us. And and then you see like scriptures about like that all things done in darkness are gonna come to light. And that also the darkness doesn't like the light. And so there's going to be mess that happens. It doesn't make the things that happen in the mess okay. It's not about these things being okay. It's just that it shouldn't surprise us. And I, and I, and I, and I would hope that before we, um, before we jump to conclusions, uh, that we would practice that 
slow to speak, quick to listen, uh, slow to anger, uh, uh, command. Um, and, and I think take a moment to mourn with the Lord that this is our humanity. This is why Jesus came. And this is what Jesus, uh, Jesus righteousness is made available to us for because we can't, we can't make a non-racist society. We cannot make a, we cannot create systems that are going to be free of abusive power. Uh, and so again, these things shouldn't surprise the yeah. Christian. And I think Christians should be quick to mourn. Yeah. Um, and as far as what to, you know, what, I, cause I feel you, I feel that fatigue. I feel that Lord, what, what do we, what do we do here? You know, and, 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 Literally, what do we do here in this place? <laughs> right. Because because we also have the advantage slash disadvantage of being at a time where all the information is being made available to us simultaneously. And I don't think human beings are smart enough. At least I'll speak for myself. I am not smart enough to process all the information and all the variables in such a way to come to a good conclusion about anything. And so what ends up happening is I just get stressed. I get uh, angry. Uh, you know, I want to lash out in different ways. Um, and I want to, li- and then I get more frustrated when people that I love, this person believes this and this person believes that. And I don't think either of them are trying to be evil or insensitive. I think each of these people are actually trying to be truthful, you know, um, and yet they land on such different sides of things. And I say, Lord, what do, what do we do with this? You know? Yeah. And so the way forward the way forward, I don't, I don't know. These are some thoughts, but for for me, uh, one of the ways forward for me is, um, is I, at, when I get overwhelmed, I need to kind of zoom back into my life and where the Lord's put me, and the Lord who, in the fullness of time, brought Jesus into the timeline of human history, has intent and purpose for the rest of the timeline of human history. And you've all heard that like, you're not a mistake. God has prepared in advance good things for you to do. Where you are right now matters to the Lord, and he's got things for you to do right now. So if looking out and about is freaking you out or overwhelming you, then you need to come back to where you are and say, all right, Lord, what it, what is it here that you have for me to do right where I am with the things that I know, with the power that I have, with the skills and gifts that I have? What is it that you want me to do right here? So you got to get super local to like where you're standing. Um, And then I think that for the Christian church, no matter what happens in the future, even if there's multiple schisms and more and more irreconcilable differences are split us up. I think that there's a, um, and I went to a conference a couple of years ago where where Richard Foster, who did the spirit uh, Mm -hmm. celebration of disciplines, he was doing his kind of farewell tour. He had a conference up in Newburgh. And, you know, he said that, spiritual disciplines are going to become more and more important. Uh, the things that are going to anchor us um, in the important places of ourselves to the reality of who God is and who he's created us to be. That what the world needs right now is not for us to make all the right statements. Mm-hmm. What it needs is for us to to be a um, an active uh, representative of the person of Jesus in the way that we live our lives, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, it, you know, statements are cheap right mm-hmm. now, especially with Twitter. Uh, everybody's making statements. And uh, and anyone who has a platform now 
wants to make a statement. Mm -hmm. And um, those statements are usually made um, without knowing all the answers and without knowing all the details, and they can often cause more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as Christians, I think, you know, especially for me as a leader, as a spiritual leader, I think I need to make statements. But but in reality, the most helpful thing we can, as Christians, can do is be healthy Mm-hmm. so that we embody the person of Jesus Christ into the the confusing situation mm-hmm. that we're in. Mm-hmm. It's funny when you look back over time, you know, we're not the first Christian generation to ever be confused about what to do. I mean, it's when you look through history, it seems obvious what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you take examples like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm-hmm. who you know had to decide do I defy Romans chapter 13 do I defy the government here and do I actually I mean he was actually trying to assassinate you know Hitler and I right? don't think he ever um, a professor of mine mentioned like he never was quite sure if what he was doing was right right and, you he, didn't, and he didn't have all the details I yeah. mean he he was functioning and he didn't, he didn't even have social media back then he didn't hardly have any news at all so he's he's basing you know his decision off of very little details um, I think about all of the splits that have happened and in history has proven whether they were on the right or wrong side of it like uh, the South and the North Baptists at mm-hmm. one point split over slavery you know and I think now we look back and we go well that was probably a necessary thing and we know which one was on the right side of that you know but in the moment, it's really hard to understand and it's hard to know. And we have to remember, I think that we, uh, the Satan is the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to make it easy for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as a young Christian, I always looked forward thinking, I will know when it's time to stand for Christ. Right. And, and, and you'd like to think it's that obvious, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's really not. <laughs> is, is this the moment? Yeah. Like when COVID hit, there was a lot of Christians that were like, this is the moment is to the moment. stand yeah. against the government. I'm like, yeah. is it? Yeah. I don't know. Is exactly. this is this the moment? Is this the hill you're going to die? I don't know. You know, it's like we're watching the liberal um, agenda of of removing, um, you know, the sexes and removing the family as we know it, and and we're watching that battlefield nudge closer and closer and closer, and we're thinking, is this is this where we die? Is this mm-hmm. what we is this where we go to war? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know, and it's never easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we have to remember it's not our fight primarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're, we're not going to fix this world, right? Like you use the word eschaton. I mean, the, yeah. the eschatological view is important to understand that, hey, are, do we really expect anything less? This world is ruled by the prince of the power of the air, mm-hmm. and he's pulling the strings, mm-hmm. and God is allowing him to do that. God is providentially allowing him to do that, but we know who wins, mm-hmm. you know? And so that doesn't mean it's not our job to engage in social matters, yeah. fight for social justice, but at the end of the day, you know, we are a manifestation of the kingdom, and we're waiting for the kingdom to come, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we need to bring the gospel. Um, but man, I, I think we could all be quicker to listen, mm-hmm. slower to tweet, Mm-hmm. slower to give positions. Um, but I think for me, one of my greatest fears is, is I don't want to be the guy that stood by and didn't say anything I, either. I, I mean, that's you. terrifying, I right? That. I, yeah, because I've, I've had, you know, how, how, how do I know that if I was in Germany at that time that I would have been on the right side of history? A lot of Christians you weren't. Know? Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. And yeah. so on one hand, I, there, there's a humility that I need to, I, I, I mean, I am humbled by this thought that I might be on the wrong side of some things. Right. As much as I'm trying to be on the right side of things, it doesn't excuse me from needing to push in and contend yeah. with the dark with with darkness, to contend yeah. with the, the spiritual world. Um, but I also have to realize with in that humility that I experience that it might just be that all the great things that I hope to do in my life 
my, you know, so I, I think of Origen, maybe some of us, Origen was one of the early church fathers. He's the first person to do a parallel Bible because he wanted to understand the Bible better. So he's, he put the Latin next to the Greek. It's a convenient name know. for the person that did the first. Exactly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was the first to do it and my name's Origen. <laughs> and, and I, and he was somebody that, that his, that the, that the government, that I, he was maybe alive during one of the persecutions. And, and so the government was coming to, to grab his father to put him in prison or to put him, I forget exactly, to kill him or just put him in prison. And Origen knew this was going to happen. And Origen's mom knew that he, her son was so set aflame by the gospel and by making a stand that he would follow his father out. And so she hid his clothes. This is a funny story. She hid his clothes. So when the, they came to get the dad, he couldn't leave because he got no clothes to put on. Fast forward a couple hundred years. One of the great... The, one of the early church councils, ecumenical councils, and ecumenical just means everybody represented, a, right. an entirety, okay? So representatives from all the different parts of the, the, the Christian world at that time were there. They declared him a heretic because he he had uh, believed in universal salvation, right? And they wanted to, they wanted to distance themselves from that belief. Mm. And so in doing so, this great hero of the faith is declared a heretic, now, there might be some other reasons, but I, I, I guess when I read that story, I think, you know what? What if someday, for the benefit of the Lord and his kingdom and the story he is telling in history, Josh's stuff needs to be put in the, way, the trash can, you know? And people need to define themselves going forward against what Josh believed. And that sucks to think about. In the midst of, you know, so it's being the right side or the wrong side of history. You know, I, I can't control that. And I have to submit even my legacy to the Lord. Yeah. And that even right now in real time, as I'm seeking to live out my life in real time, to be informed by scripture, to be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit, to be listening to wise counsel in my Christian brothers and sisters coming from their hearts and their mouths, um, I might get some pretty significant things wrong. Yeah. Again, that's why Jesus came is because my righteousness is never going to make it right. and and i need to like even let my legacy in the good works that i do i need to submit them to the lord right. um and i think i think pray that we would have that uh is it uh the road to damascus moment right where paul was headed right i mean paul thinks he's doing the right thing yeah he really does he thinks yep. he's doing the right thing he thinks he's honoring yahweh yeah and jesus says hey man you're you're killing me yep. <laughs> literally <laughs> yep. you know like you're you're killing my my church why are you yeah. persecuting me and i just pray for that because you know i just pray that man lord if we're on the wrong path if we're fighting for the wrong thing if our message is wrong like would you meet us in that path and turn us around mm -hmm. uh, but you're right josh i mean the gospel uh, is good news because at the end of the day it's not our performance it's his perfect life mm -hmm. that you know that that we are saved by, um, and I just pray that each of us would have a close enough relationship with Jesus. I'll, I'll I'll say this: my main concern for Christians right now is that they are may they are more tuned in to Instagram, Twitter, and Netflix mm -hmm. than than the person of Jesus Christ, both in His Word and in prayer and relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy to think that we are speaking on behalf of Christ when we don't even know Him. Mm -hmm. What we really are doing is we're just regurgitating what we saw on Netflix or heard on Instagram or whatever it is. Um, we become puppets of, I think, what the enemy is. is I, I just mm -hmm. pray that we would be people mm -hmm. that are so close to Christ mm -hmm. that we know his heart.
So we can look at something like, um, you know, like a cop having his his knee on the neck of a man and that man dying. We can look at that situation and think, Jesus, what is your heart here? Your heart is is sadness in in anger. Um, it, your heart is sadness not only for for the person that died, but your heart is also sadness for the wickedness of the heart of the man that did it. And in Christ, you're still pursuing the heart of the person who's sitting in prison right now for that sin, for 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 doing that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and that we can say the words "Black Lives Matter," but not align ourselves to an organization that really truly is mm-hmm. against everything Jesus came for. Mm-hmm. That we can we can weed that out and say, Jesus, we are for Black Lives, we are for White Lives, we are for cops, we are for um, these people, but we we are. Um, we are aligning ourselves with you. We're not aligning ourselves to some organization, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Christians just need to be careful mm-hmm. what we say uh, and what we affirm and what we align ourselves with. And we need to align ourselves to the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and be careful. I think to do that, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, we we like to look at post-apartheid South Africa and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that was led in large part by the Anglican Church. And and that process was 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 kind of fearlessly naming the most uncomfortable things, the wrongs that had been committed, bringing oppressor and oppressed into the same room and letting each speak, and letting uh, letting that or that relational process happen. And it's not without I'm sure it's not without faults, and I'm sure they they didn't do it all perfectly. But it's easy to look over there and say that that was such a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. We also like to say the churches should always be reforming. We like the idea of the church always reforming. Mm. What a wonderful thought. Hallelujah. Protestants. But when like it that. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to here, when an opportunity for a truth and reconciliation moment comes to here, because we never really had that moment in our country. And so again, there's that verse about the things that are done in darkness coming to light. We've tried to legislate some of these things, but when but when the the actual relational impact of 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 our history comes comes to bear on our moment and it's not over there in south africa you know when reformation starts to happen in our lifetime like it's just plain uncomfortable we don't like it we like to say these things we like to say the church should always be reforming but when the church is actually reforming in your very lifetime and you're like on a church board or part of the elders or you're part of leadership in a church and reformation is at your at the doorstep i i don't like that i don't want to be yeah. there that's uncomfortable i don't want to be here when truth and reconciliation moment is kind of forced on us um and yet uh we can see if we zoom out of those moments in history that there is good godly things that have happened because of those moments. Um, And so we have to kind of, on one hand, be present to our moment, and then also have a sense of context that the Lord is at work. And if we trust our shepherd to lead us on paths of righteousness for his namesake, we can trust that he is leading us through something and that he is going to, and that that good things are going to happen out of that and how that all comes into church unity and you got even here in the in the valley you know different pastors having different reactions to this moment and you know i i don't i don't know i don't know where that leads i'm not yeah. quite sure yeah i'm not quite sure 
well, we're all going to stand, I think, before the Lord at one point, and we will all understand, you know, I think what what was good and what was wrong, um, what was right. But I do think the way that we honor and love each other when we do disagree does matter to mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, and, and there's a lot to disagree on, you yeah. know, there's a lot and to disagree on. And the way that we steward our time and our power, our possessions, I think are, you know, that'll be pretty important. Yeah. Amen. Josh, thank you so much, man, for being here and and talking about this stuff. And uh, thank you for sharing um, a little bit of your life, what you do. I would just appreciate you, all the work you put in. Church of the Valley is is a blessing to Philippi, a blessing to me as a pastor to get to be able to come to these breakfasts and and be with other Christians and the the church in the park, which I'm guessing is not happening this year, and uh, and all the the different unity points um, that that you're leading. Uh, So thank you for that. Um, Thank you for your leadership at um, at your church. Let me pray for you real quick, and then we'll we'll kill. I guess as as a final kind of exhortation, the Lord is doing a beautiful thing in history. The Lord is doing a beautiful thing through his church. The Lord is beauty, and the Lord is goodness, and the Lord is truth. And uh, and that's that's exciting. We can trust that. Uh, we can trust our good father to, to take care of his, his family. <laughs> and um, so that's, that's what I try to hang on to uh, through all this work. It's his so, church. Yeah. Right.